Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. We are so happy to be with you this morning. I'm one of your hosts, Brad Gray, and I am joined by... And I'm Janine Bitson, yeah. and it's just a beautiful day in the Midwest to just celebrate the gifts that God's blessed us yeah, with. Yeah, we're, we're well into the, the winter season now, it seems. I mean, we, we've held it off as long as we could, but uh, it's it's here in full force now. And, and you know, that's okay. Yep. You know, as long as we... Hopefully have a dry Thanksgiving week, you know, with everyone traveling. I mean, it is one of the most traveled days of the year. Right. So if it came a little early and punched us a little hard right now, hey... Yeah, That's we're, all right. We're, we're used to this. This is <laughs> yeah, nothing new, yeah, right? Exactly. So one of the things that is also nothing new is the fact that we're coming toward the end of the liturgical year. We're coming, like everything right now is streaming toward this great celebration of Jesus Christ, King of the universe. Isn't that incredible? It's, wow. I mean, I just, I love, I love the overall flow of the liturgical year. We're going to have a, a guest this morning to talk to with us a little bit more about that. But I think as we get started this morning, let's just place ourselves in the presence of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you are our supreme Lord. You are the one who sees every corner of our hearts and who loves us, even in the midst of our sin and our rebellion. You are the Lord and God of this universe. And we ask, Lord, that you give us spirits of, of adoration, of worship, of humble reverence for you. We ask that we give you lordship in our hearts, that you come and take up your throne and reign there, that we may know the joy of being yours, truly yours. And we submit ourselves to you and to our Heavenly Father by the power of the Holy Spirit as we pray in the words that you taught us. Our Father, who Lord art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come, thy will, will be, done be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not not into temptation, temptation, but deliver us from from evil. evil. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Brad. How beautiful. I mean, wow, what a great week to just focus on Christ the King. And, you know, the church's uh, readings have been leading us toward this this reality that it's kind of awesome that we cap the liturgical year with this, this realization that ultimately, in the end, Jesus is Lord of it all. You know, we can get, we can get flustered and flurried by a lot of things that seem to go the wrong direction right now, but ultimately we know where this is all headed. It, and that is what's so beautiful about the church focusing on mm-hmm. this, this uh, feast, this mm-hmm. incredible climax to our liturgical year. Yes, and we have yeah. a special guest this morning to get us started, really to dive into this, this reality of the liturgical year. We're joined by Angela Zaug. Good morning, Angela. Are you there? I am here. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, welcome, Angela. We're so grateful that you're joining us this morning. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. Well, Angela, as we're getting started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I actually was born and raised in a Catholic family. I did spend some time away from the church, but by the grace of God, I was able to return to the practice of my faith in my mid-20s, and I have been able to be accompanied by the Lord 
and be able to be consoled by that since that time for sure. Um, I did have wonderful role models in the faith, especially in the form of my grandparents. Mm. Uh, both sets of my grandparents were fantastic. I didn't have one set as long as we would have liked, but I mm. did have my grandma until she was 89 years old. But wow. She was very formational for me in liturgical living and celebrating the communion of saints. I've been married for 10 years. My husband and I met online on CatholicMatch.com. Cool. And we had a baby the first year after we got married, but he passed away on the day he was born. So Mm. God wanted to enlarge our community of saints immediately once we were married and have successfully carried two babies to term. I have a daughter who's eight years old, and I have a little boy who's four and a half. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. Congratulations to you and your husband. Thank you. Well, fantastic. So you are a mom, and you've you've kind of grown up around this reality of the church's liturgical life, right? Uh, I will say that our family was very heavily invested in um, Christmas and Easter, mm-hmm. so all of the food and uh, secular traditions that had to do with Christmas and Easter were very important to my family. Growing up, I knew that my family was different. My dad's family was from Poland. My grandparents were the first generation born in the United States. And we had the eggs that were dyed, and then we had egg fights at Easter. And it was the most (laughs) fun thing in the world. (laughs) We didn't know any other families that did it. It was only the Poles that did it. And I always knew we were special, and Easter was very special to me growing up because there were those extraordinary things that were done that were just within our family Mm. that were exclusive to the polls. It didn't necessarily happen in the rest of the culture that I knew Mm -hmm. where I grew up. I'm not actually from South Dakota. I'm from Michigan, but I have been a South Dakota now for 10 years and um, very much happy to be here. Mm. That's cool. That is so cool. I I love how you you speak of... Uh, your heritage, the culture that that is related to you, because I think in today's society we don't celebrate our our cultures enough. You know, we try to like all be in this one uh, lane, and it's just so cool to keep those celebrations going on in our family, um, just for generations. And I'm glad that you do that. I mean, you still have that going on with your eight year old and four and a half year old. I'm assuming, right? <laughs> Yes, but interestingly, my husband's family, um, some of them were Russian-German, and they actually brought the egg tradition with them, too. So I actually married into an no, egg family. Really? That oh, the eggs that's great. I got I to know. So tell me more about this egg fight, because I'm curious. I'm, I've not seen this myself. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. You boil your Easter eggs. In my husband's family, you write the name of a family member on each and every egg with a crayon and then dye it. Hmm. Um, in our family, we just dyed our eggs however we wanted. Um, and we also had a tradition of saving onion skins for several months and then using the onion skins to boil a batch of eggs brown, mm. which <laughs> my mom always made fun and said, uh, the Poles did not know there's such a thing as brown eggs already. Um, <laughs> we would make them these beautiful, gorgeous, because she wasn't Polish, the beautiful, gorgeous shades of mahogany and dark brown and just gorgeous. So you, the first person holds an egg in their hand, kind of like you cup it, and then the other person has their egg, and they take their egg and hold it in the same way above it, and then they crack. And whichever one cracks has to be eaten, but the other one is a champ egg. Oh. And then you get to go the whole day fighting and seeing who gets to take the other ones out. And 
without fail, my grandfather was always the one who won. I don't know why. Really? He did. <laughs> and in my husband's family, they actually crack each end of the eggs to see if it'll crack both ends. And oh. then if both of the, if one gets cracked and the other one gets cracked, well, then you both get to eat your egg and there's no champion. But at our household, it was always more fun to have the championship waiting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I will say it's a little bit less violent than I was envisioning. I have a picture of you just <laughs> pegging each other with eggs. <laughs> oh, well, it, it's just wonderful to have those traditions, a family time, something to look forward to. Uh, it, it is just really, really special. And, and then to have that time to share in faith uh, together, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, Angela. So now, as you know, we've kind of talked about this retaining traditions, right? And that's really. The, litur- the church's liturgical life is all about that. It's all about entering into these realities that um, that are the core of our salvation. They're the core of our identity, right? And so, as Catholic parents, we always want to try to learn how to communicate that to our children in a way that's that's transformative, in a way that stays with them. And and uh, it sounds like that's something that you've kind of made a point in your home. Uh, like, how do you how do you live out this liturgical calendar, this liturgical life? within your family, Angela? Well, I knew once we had our daughter to raise, we wanted to be able to incorporate the liturgical year into the calendar. And we, I wanted particularly to make sure that not only was your birthday special, but your baptismal day would be mm. special, and your patron saint day would be special. Mm. That was the initial entrance that I did. And then as my children have gotten older, I have incorporated other things during the year liturgically. Uh, Like, for example, we belong to a parish, and so we celebrate our parish's patronal feast day in a big way. Um, Not only does the parish, but we do at home as well, honoring that parish patron. And then during Advent, we have specific traditions that we enter into for Christ the King. In the next couple of weeks, um, we'll probably decorate a king cake, Mm. where we will think about Jesus being the king of the universe. Um, And then we celebrate during Christmas, all 12 days of Christmas, to the best of our ability, including to the end of the baptism of the Lord. And then we enter into Lent. We follow Lent as we are able in our household, doing some Lenten traditions. And then we do Easter. And then in the summertime, we add extra stuff as, as we're able. We do a lot more feasting than fasting in our household. Uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh, and there's just, there's so many cool resources for that, too. Um, I just came across a book. Um, it's called, um, oh my gosh, I'm... I'm losing it now, but it, it's a cookbook with the saints, cooking with the saints, and it's mm-hmm. so cool because it has feast days and different recipes mm-hmm. that you can do, and my husband and I, we love to cook, so I was like, oh, should I give this for a Christmas gift, you know, and then John's like, no, we'll just keep it, we're going to use it, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and maybe we'll have to find more, but they're they're just really cool that highlight feast days of of our special friends in heaven, that communion of saints. Right. Yeah. So, Angela, I'm curious when you when you mention that you make birthdays, baptismal days, and patronal feast days special. Like, what does that look like? How does that? How do you do that in your home? <laughs> well, at least a week in preparation before for the patronal feast and for the baptismal day, I remind my kids and my husband and myself that those feast days are coming up mm. soon. And how would they like to celebrate? My husband's a little bit more subdued about it, but my kids are all in. Uh, so about a week ahead of time, I will say, how should we celebrate your feast day next mm. week? And we talk about doing something fun um, in honor of that that saint. It could be something really simple. Um, my, hus- my son's 
name is Jerome, and so we celebrate his feast day at the end of September. Mm-hmm. And so usually it involves going for a fall walk, or we talk about the story of St. Jerome and the Lion, and then my kids are able to pick out what their menu is for the evening meal, for right. just like we would do for their birthdays. My mm-hmm. mom always celebrated our birthdays in that manner, and I always thought that was really special. And so I'm actually incorporating it into the liturgical year with the form of their patron saints and their baptismal day as well. So they get to take what we have for dinner as well as the desserts. Once in a while, we will go out for dinner, but most of the time we cook in the house if there's something that they want that's special that I can make for them, mm. including a dessert. Oh, wow. That's that's so cool. What is your daughter's patron saint name? Her name is Laura. And so her we originally had picked Blessed Laura Vicuña, who is a young girl who was from... I believe Chile, and she, or Peru, and she's a South American little girl, though, and she actually died a martyr to help, um, a martyr, a white martyr, to help convert her mother, who was living a very scandalous lifestyle. Mm. But that also falls in the feast of January 22nd, and that's the day of penance in the United States. Mm. So I have been able to find another saint. On October 21st, we just celebrated another saint, um, St. Laura Montoya, who was a Spanish sister who um, founded, did a lot of work kind of like St. Angela. And so we just celebrated that special feast day on October 21st instead so that I don't have to override the church's request <laughs> that we do the Day of Penance in January. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also, her middle name is Rosemary, so we've celebrated St. Rose of Lima. Mm. Um, and her baptismal day, actually it's the same day as her brother's birthday was, her eldest brother. And so we have a big day that day because it's her brother's day, baptismal day and her baptismal day that we celebrate. And we try to come up with something fun that we think Bart would have liked, um, like because he would have been a year older than her. So mm. what would be appropriate for a nine-year-old boy? And then we make what she wants for dinner, for sure, and a dessert. Mm. And that comes just two weeks after her birthday. She got baptized pretty quickly after her birthday. So busy in the month of August in our household. Yeah. Oh, but but how special is that? I mean, your children are are learning that, you know, this communion of saints, that they are on that journey to be a saint as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not foreign to them at all. It's like, this is for me too. It, one of Blessed Columba Marmion's quotes is so cool because it's like, um, it's not f- to be a saint isn't for the few, it's for the many. And so many of us, even as adults, lose touch with that, that that's ultimately what we're called to be as a saint. And and so to have that practiced in your house, you know, through these special days, um, it, it's just so wonderful to learn more and more about saints, but at least to have that relationship with your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Angela, we're going to have to take a quick break here. But on the other side of the break, I'd love to come back and go more into some of the things that you're doing for you know the recent celebrations of All Saints Day and All Souls Day, but also coming up into Advent to getting some ideas about how we can celebrate Advent together in uh, liturgical living within the home. So um, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, 
We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We've been having a fun, uh, fast-paced conversation here with Angela Zog uh, about liturgical living within the home here to start the show off this morning. And Angela, it was it's just been a delight to hear kind of how you've sort of, well, very organically, but very intentionally uh, implemented what we live out as Catholics within your own little domestic church there, within your own, and that's the reality from the church's standpoint, is that every one of our homes is like the smallest cell of the church, that uh, that we have the church uh, kind of is a microcosm within our homes, and, and that we that you have done this beautiful job of, of integrating the church's life within your own family life. So I, I just love that. Well, thank you. I am thinking in particular about in the month of November. I know you guys mentioned that you wanted to hear about All Saints and All Souls. Yes. And I um, was able this year with All Saints. Our parish actually threw a party for All Saints. It ended up being after All Saints Day instead of on Halloween again, but it, mm. the timing could not have been more perfect. And we had a lot of fun events, and then teenagers who were volunteering to run games for the younger children who were in attendance. And we also did... a the litany of the saints of all of the boys and girls who were dressed up that day. Oh, cool. Um, we went into the church to talk to Jesus and then thank him for the gifts of these role models in the faith. And so each child had an opportunity to sing, you know, St. Monica, pray for us, every one of them. And so it was really beautiful, even from the littlest all the way up to some of the mm. moms and dads and grandparents that were in attendance. That sounds awesome. On All Souls Day, um, is something, too, that I know, I think about the Holy Souls all month. It's especially poignant this year because we lost one of our grandmas this year um, in our family. My husband's father uh, had been married for just over 10 years last year, 
Mm-hmm. And he lost his wife in January. And so Grandma Sally has been very much on our hearts all year since January, since she passed. But this year for All Souls Day, we spent some time praying for her and asking for her prayers. And we've been able to visit the cemetery and go visit her grave at the vet's cemetery and be able to spend some time there and pray and ask for her prayers as well. Uh, One of the homeschooling groups that I've been affiliated with usually takes time to pray a rosary, a walking rosary through a cemetery. Um, It just happens to adjoin to the backyard of one of the homeschooling families uh, that's located in the city of Sioux Falls, which is really special. And so not that they're affiliated with any of the families that are laying in peace in that cemetery, but they are able to pray for those souls and pray for the souls that are dear to them as well. Mm-hmm. And and that's so, so, so important. You know, we have that uh, pilgrimage here on earth. We have the pilgrimage in, of purgation and mm-hmm. purgatory. And then, of course, ultimately that, um, you know, family of the communion saints in heaven. And we're all going through this process together. And how beautiful to pray for those souls in purgatory. Yeah, and I think it's just so important for us as parents, too, that, I mean, for every one of us, the the mystery of death just leaves us kind of speechless, right? Um, But as parents in particular, it's our primary responsibility to help our kids come to to be able to grapple with this reality in our lives, right? And so All Souls Day really provides um, a remarkable opportunity, as you talk about, like, with the kids having lost their, their, is a great-grandmother then? Uh, nope, they're, they're, they're one of their actual okay. grandmothers. Okay, grandmother. Yeah. Um, do, you know, that's that's something that, it, it doesn't matter if you're an adult or a kid, but it's just like, what what do you do with that? And and to be um, to be able to kind of bring a, an intelligibility to that and a, a meaning, something bigger than, than all of that, I think is so important. Well, I want them to know. I do want them to know, my children especially, mm-hmm. to know about the power of the communion of saints. Mm-hmm. I know I heard about um, the communion of saints in my household and it, during Mass and on the weekends and in passing. But it really became alive to me when I was eight years old. I was helping my grandmother to dry her dishes, and she was lamenting that she could not find her watch. And she said, I've asked St. Anthony to help me find it. Mm-hmm. And I asked her who St. Anthony was, and she gave me a brief rundown. And she said, let's pray the prayer to St. Anthony. So she taught me the classic St. Anthony, St. Anthony. Please look around. Something has been lost and must be found. Well, not two minutes later, I was putting plates away in the cabinet, and I spied a little piece of gold. My grandmother had put her watch down next to the coffee in her coffee canister in her cabinet. (laughs) 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 But she was getting ready to do the dishes, not however many days earlier, and she had not been able to find her watch. And I said, Grandma, is this your watch? And she said, yes. And And this is the most important thing she taught me. She said, now, honey, we need to say a Hail Mary that's how... St. Anthony and Jesus and Mary, thank you for helping us find this lost mm-hmm. item. And so then I was able to link the Blessed Mother with St. Anthony. And it, and it wasn't something that was magic. I knew right then that this was something that was mystical, this was beyond me, this was something that I couldn't just conjure up, but that St. Anthony was ready and willing to help me from heaven. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I, yeah, I gotta say that there's, there's, a, I have a similar story with St. Anthony. It's just been so powerful for me throughout my life. When in my first year of college, I had a, uh, a conversion back to the faith at that point. And, and some of my friends, you know, I, I went off to college and I came back and I'm kind of this totally different person, but I had a couple of good friends from high school that were both non-Catholic. And the one of them, one day he had, he was a, a, com, a carpenter. 
and he had uh, gotten his check early, his paycheck earlier that morning and, and cashed it all and had all the cash in his wallet. And the job that they were doing that day uh, had been blowing insulation into this attic of, uh, of a new gas station, you know, a, a giant facility. And they had blown in, you know, a foot and a half, two feet of, of blown insulation. And then at, at the end of it all, he realized that his wallet had fallen out of his pocket. And, uh, and so we, were, we had met up at a restaurant there in Park Rapids, and he had, he had told me about this. I said, dude, you got to ask St. Anthony. It's like, what? Yeah, St. Anthony is the patron saint of lost articles. It's like, well, whatever. You know? And we had, I had to go run and do something. He was going to go back and check. We were going to meet back there at 45 minutes. And I, I got, when I got back there, he was sitting there, and he said, it was the craziest thing. I got over there. He's like, okay, St. Anthony. He stuck his hand in the insulation and came out with his wallet. So it's just, he was blown away. Oh, that that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is. It's you know, it's so big. It's so hard for us to really understand and grapple the thousands of years of people who have joined the communion of saints. Yeah. And 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 I know that for people who aren't Catholic, and even some people who are, there's this confusion about our relationship with the saints, and it's just so. It, it really is to explain it. It's having a friend in heaven who's mm-hmm. praying for you. They don't perform the miracles. It's their intercession, their their prayers to God. You know, it's God who performs those miracles. But we have this special family that we can pray and ask for their intercession uh, to help us, you know, on our earthly journey. And how cool is that, that your kids are learning about their patron saints. Um, and then when they get confirmed, that they can develop that relationship with their comfort saint. Um, it's just so important right. because we, it doesn't end here on earth. It continues to go and we can be with Jesus or we can be away from Jesus. And, and it's the saints and their lives that bring us closer to Jesus. Right. Angela, we just have a few minutes left, but I want to, I would love for you to be able to share with us a little bit about Advent because this is something that so much around us just jumps over Advent right to Christmas. And we don't mm-hmm. often don't, don't even know how to deal with Advent. So what do you, how do you, what do you think about Advent and how do you deal with that in your home? Well, I, I have had a firm conviction for a long time that the reason why the world is sick of Christmas on 1226 is because they've been celebrating it since 11 one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. And, and, and literally like, you know, I, I'm seeing it more and more that our Christmas lights out already and families have already decorated and my sister-in-law has a tree up. God bless her. She loves Christmas. So I don't blame her in some mm-hmm. respects, but she doesn't at all celebrate those days after Christmas either. And so, I think that's the reason why the world is so sick of it is because they haven't taken the adequate time to prepare. Mm. And so everything needs to happen in its due season. We can't get fresh strawberries in Sioux Falls in January. Mm-hmm. We just can't. And so everything has to grow in its due season, and the Church gives us these times to be able to grow and learn. And so with me, I started small, and I have added a little bit every year. Um, it would, the first thing we always celebrate is usually uh, the first Sunday of Advent. We help the children to understand and notice what color is the liturgical color. And we institute um, no dessert for the month of, of December, except for our feast days. Mm. And so in a very special way, we celebrate St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas comes in the night on, um, from December 5th to December 6th. And when they wake up, they have something from St. Nicholas, including some gold coins to honor the story of St. Nicholas ransoming the young ladies who needed their um, dowry. Mm-hmm. And then 
Um, on December 8th, which is my baptismal feast day, we celebrate in a big way. So I get to pick the meal that we want on that day. Mm, nice. Um, and then we do small things. Uh, instead of Elf on the Shelf, last year one of my dear friends in Michigan sent me a book and a little mouse called The Mouse in the Hammock, which mm. is a story of preparation. And so the kids get to take this little mouse Christmas ornament and hang him on the tree in a different spot every night after he's been busy working. And then the next day somebody gets to find the mouse and see where he was, you know, um, hidden away. And so there's a little book to accompany. And that actually sponsors uh, missionary work in Haiti, which is really beautiful. Wow. Um, the other thing we do is an Advent wreath. Um, we try to do an Advent wreath and sing uh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel every night before um, we have dinner, usually, or right after dinner. And then this last year during Advent, I made junky tree ornaments, so out of felt. They're very simply made, but um, we will have a Jesse tree this year, and we'll do a different ornament every day in preparation for baby Jesus's birth on, you know, December 24th and 25th. Um, and so, you know, there are questions about when do you put your tree up, and yeah. I usually try to wait until December 8th because I do want to keep that tree up for another 30 days until at least the Feast of Epiphany, if not later, depending on how vigorous it still is. And I insist on a real tree. My husband yeah. thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> but I grew up in Michigan, where you could get a tree without any issues. <laughs> yeah, and there might be a tree shortage this year, too. Yeah. So oh. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if we shortage. don't have one, it'll be okay, and I'll yeah. live. But I really do want one. I did want to mention a few resources yes, and the coattails of these wonderful ladies and families that live around the United States. Um, there, the first one I ever read that I loved is called Shower of Roses. And it's very developed. This woman has many children, I think seven or eight children. Um, now the oldest is in their early 20s, and the baby is still um, at one or two years old. But she's done liturgical things with her kids now for 20 years. Um, I also read Catholic All Year, and she actually has a subscription service for those who want to just do that. Piece mm, of cake. Great. Um, you can pick up a book by Catholic All Year in the Catholic bookstore that has the meals and the liturgical planning. The Theology of Home is a wonderful resource. It's a newer um, online daily blog that's fantastic and run by two really outstanding Catholic ladies. Like Mother Like Daughter posts new information most Saturdays, but she has a lot of information on her website. And then Catholic Culture also has liturgical living information on it that I've used over the years. Wow. That's fantastic. Thank you for giving us all those resources, Angela. It was just a treat having you on this morning and sharing really the wisdom that you've yeah, gathered over these years as, as a mom and as a, as a Catholic. So thanks so much for being with us this morning. Well, you're welcome. I also want to put one quick plug in. We only have a few more Wednesdays left to honor St. Joseph before the end of his year. So one of the things we did yesterday in the American Heritage Girls was have a Jenga game mm. in honor of St. Joseph. So maybe Wednesday game night in your house. Institute Jenga in honor of St. Joseph. Fantastic. That's Love awesome. It. Thank well, you so thank much. Thank you so much, Angela. This is terrific. We'll, hopefully we'll get to have oh. you back again sometime. I hope so, too. God bless you both. God thank bless you. you. All right. <laughs> we, we're going to have to take another quick break. Uh, on the other side of this break, we want to talk a little bit about November as National Adoption Awareness Month. So stay with us, and we'll dive right into that when we come back right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 